What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow us on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. And with that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome to Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, I'm going to be giving you guys a podcast based off a project I recently started. It's my consistency ratings, and I'm going to go ahead and explain all that stuff. But first, there's a couple things I want to talk about, and I'm going to start with my upcoming schedule. So before the season starts, so obviously once the season starts, I'm going to switch up my schedule. But before the season starts, I'm likely going to shift to one episode per week. So you should be listening to this, or at least it comes out on a Friday. I know I've been doing Wednesday, Friday, and Sundays pretty consistently, but I'm still in college. I haven't finished yet, so I have college classes starting soon, um, actually this Monday. So I'm going to be switching to only one episode per week until the season starts, so it's really just two weeks. So for the next two weeks, I'll be one episode per week. Then once the season starts, I'm going to have two episodes per week. They're going to come out Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays, I'm going to hit you guys with, you know, the best waiver pickups, good trade targets, all the all that good stuff for the coming week ahead. And then on Thursdays, I'm going to hit you guys up with DFS plays for that week, start sits, boom busts, stuff like that. So Monday, we'll have, you know, the transaction stuff. Thursday, we'll have like a recap of everything that happened in the last week. And then, you know, who to play this week, who's going to help you in. Daily Fantasy, who's a boom this week, bust this week. Start sick questions I'll take from Instagram and Twitter and answer some of them, some of them here, and then I'll just answer the rest on the social media platforms. So that's going to be the schedule for this season for me. And then speaking of Thursdays, I want to talk to you guys about what I call the Thrifty Thursday trick. So if you guys are in any leagues where you have a kicker and or a defense, okay, if you're in any leagues with either of these things, or you're in a, you know, a redraft league with like a super, super deep bench where the last few guys on your bench, you know, eh, they could be dropped for anybody else. Like it, they're not like super important for you. If you're in either leagues like that, right? The Thursday, the thrifty Thursday trick is something you're going to want to try out. You're going to want to employ it. I've been doing it for like two years now and it always works out nicely. This is what you do. You look at the Thursday game. So week one this year, it's Texans Chiefs. So you look at the Thursday game, you drop your kicker and or your defense that you're streaming, right? You drop them and you pick up two guys that play in the Thursday night game. So I'll give you an example. I'll drop my kicker and my defense and I'll pick up Michael Hardman and I'll pick up DeAndre Washington. Let's say, you know, for the sake of this exercise, it's just like a regular standard league. DeAndre Washington's on most waivers. So I'll drop my kicker in defense for the week. I'll pick up Michael Hardman, DeAndre Washington. This is what happens. Thursday night game, they play it out. If Tyreek Hill goes down or Sammy Watkins goes down, I already have Michael Hardman on my roster. I got him for free instead of if you didn't do that move, if you didn't make that move, somebody goes down to injury. Now, Michael Hardman's one of the hottest waiver pickups, and you're going to have to pay for him. Instead, you employ this strategy, you're going to have him there for free. Same thing with Clyde. If Clyde goes down, I already picked up DeAndre Washington. Sick. 
I get to save a whole bunch of fab money. Hopefully that's what you're running is fab, not, you know, the weekly uh, waiver order. And, you know, you got DeAndre Washington for nothing. And guess what? If nobody gets injured, then you just drop Michael Hardman and drop DeAndre Washington and pick up a kicker in defense. Because honestly, like I'm hoping that if you guys listen to this podcast, you guys aren't the people who are spending high draft capital on a kicker or a defense, hopefully. And I doubt that's true. But like, I doubt you guys are the ones who are taking, you know, kicker defense in like the eighth between the eighth and 12th rounds. I'm sure you guys are the smarter people who take them as your last two picks if you draft them at all. And, you know, like I said, if you're not in a league with kicker and defense, but you have a super deep bench, maybe let's say, you know, you have like a, a Jalen Hurd or like Tyrell Williams or Dan- Danny Amendola, like just guys that like, you know, you could drop them. It's not really a big deal. And you could probably just pick them back up if anything. If it's like that, you have players like that, drop those guys, pick up guys that are in the Thursday night game that would benefit massively from an injury. And then if all goes well in the game, nobody gets injured, you just drop them. Now, I do have to mention, some leagues do not allow you to drop someone after they have played. If that is the case, make sure you know that. Don't do that because then you're going to screw yourself. Because if you you know pick up Michael Hardman, DeAndre Washington, and then they play and nothing happens and you want to drop them, and you can't, now you're going to have to drop two other people for your kicker and defense, or you're going to have to go with that one for the week. So make sure you check your settings. But most leagues, I would probably say more than 80% of leagues, allow you to drop somebody after they've played, especially if it's on a Thursday. So if that's the case, please employ the Thrifty Thursday trick. All right, remember, drop kicker and defense or super late bench guys. Pick up guys that have potential if somebody goes down to injury. All right, super simple. That's the Thursday trick. With that said, now we're going to get into what this podcast is all about, and that's Consistency Kings. All right, so first I want to explain why I structure consistency the way I do. So when you listen to other people, most other people construct consistency based off wide receiver one finish, wide receiver two finish. Here's the problem in my eyes with that. Like I, I understand that. That's a great way to measure it. But I just like my way better. And I think my way is better because my way gives you a true value. Here's the thing. If Julio Jones scores, you know, 15 points in week three, and that's top 12 for receivers, okay, great. He finished wide receiver one that week. But if he scores 15 points the next week, but a whole bunch of receivers went off, then all of a sudden he's like wide receiver 20 on the week. So that week he's only a wide receiver two. Why, if he scored the same points in in those weeks, why is he a wide receiver one in one week and a wide receiver two in the other week? I get why, but if we're talking about consistency, that was exactly to the definition of consistent because he got the same points back to back. That is 100% consistent. 15 divided by 15 is one, 100%. So that that's why I don't like that way of measuring it because at week to week, you have guys... It's ridiculous. Like the variation from week to week is insane. Like some weeks you'll have like three receivers get more than 35 points. And the next week you'll have no receiver get more than 26 points. Like you you can't just rely on like relative, you know, finish. So I like to do it by points. My consistency is by points. And I have three ways of measuring it. These are my rules for consistency. You have your serviceable weeks. If you're a quarterback, a serviceable week means that you got 15 points or more. 
Why do I set it there? One, because if you set it by fives, it's easy to track. It's a good measuring point. And if you're getting less than 15 points as a quarterback, that's like, that's on the verge of like, that quarterback could be the reason you're losing your week if they're getting less than 15. So 15 is a really good benchmark to be considered serviceable. So quarterbacks, serviceable, 15. Any other position, running back, tight end, wide receiver, to be considered serviceable, double digits. You need 10 points or more, okay? That's the baseline. That's the lowest level of consistency. Then I have good weeks in consistency. A good week for a quarterback is considered 20 points or more, and a good week for a wide receiver, running back, or tight end is 15 points or more. And obviously, this is PPR. And then lastly, I have boom weeks. Boom weeks are basically weeks that are not common for most players, and they really help you win weeks if they occur. A boom week for a quarterback would be 25 points or more. A boom week for any other position, 20 points or more. All right, so that's what we're going to be working with. I might remind you once or twice because I know this is not a consistency you're used to, but this is going to be probably the most predictable type of consistency out there because it's actual output from the player, not How did the player perform against the other players? Because while that matters for that one week, it's not good to take that and apply it to another week when, you know, the same point total would make him completely different in how he finishes per that consistency metric. So that's what we're working with. And then I also want to point out that when I say consistency, like flat out as a general term, what I mean is that guy was serviceable. So if I say, you know, this person was consistent 70% of the time, that means 70% of the time they were serviceable or better. So with that said, we can get into it. Oh, and actually one more thing. This is called Consistency Kings, baby. What's a Consistency King? Consistency Kings are what we're going to go over. It's somebody that's top five in consistency and in boom weeks. So not only are they top five in always being serviceable, never hurting you, but they're also top five in weeks that will win you your matchup, right? So we'll have a couple consistency kings at each position, but I'm going to go over my top five to start, my top five most consistent quarterbacks. From last year, and this is not like any opinion, this is just factual. From last year, the top five most consistent quarterbacks, so they got at least 15 points, were Lamar Jackson. He got 15 points or more 93% of the time. Then Ryan Tannehill, to my surprise, obviously I'm taking him once he was a starter, so you're not counting the games that Marcus Mariota was playing. Ryan Tannehill was consistent 90% of the time. Josh Allen, the third most consistent quarterback, 86% of the time. Those legs really help him. It gives him a super, super safe floor. Patrick Mahomes was fourth at 85% of the time. And... Dak Prescott was fifth at 81% of the time. So this is a a pretty standard list. That's what you would expect other than Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I know I would expect him to be consistent because I I realize the value in rushing. Sometimes people forget and they might not really think Josh Allen's somebody that's consistent. He is very, very consistent. So he's a good late pick. Those legs are always going to keep him, you know, not hurting you in fantasy because he's always going to have those, you know, five points from rushing. And sometimes when he gets a touchdown, he's getting 10, 11 points off rushing. So that's one uh, one thing on Josh Allen. And then Ryan Tannehill, 90% consistency. That's the one that I don't expect to make this list next year. Like, I don't expect by any means anybody on that Titan offense to be as efficient as they were last year. They were insanely efficient. All of their metrics are going to come down, especially considering T- Tannehill was like the 
QB one or two in terms of efficiency over the entire NFL last year, not in fantasy, just over like efficiency metrics, which I mean, we've seen Tannehill for how long he's been in the league for how long. I don't think he's just been like, you know, hidden in Miami for this long. And all of a sudden he's blossoming, you know, he had a good year. I respect it. I I'm glad that he had a good year. I'm happy for him, but I don't expect that by any means. So don't expect him to be super consistent this year. Then we have our top five quarterbacks with boom week percentage. So who were the quarterbacks that won you weeks? That got you more than 25 points like in a, in a week. So we have Lamar Jackson. By far, number one, Lamar Jackson, 67% of the time, he got more than 25 points. That is one of the highest consistency boom week marks that I've ever seen for the quarterback position. The next highest person, 40%, Deshaun Watson. So you have Lamar Jackson. You can't tell, but I'm using hand motions all the way up here. Picture my hand super high. And then Deshaun Watson, about half of that at 40%. So that's a huge, huge gap. It's part of the reason why Lamar Jackson is worth that back end of this, that back end of the second, top end of the third round value. Because he gave you 25 points or more. He could basically win you a week 67% of the time. Then Deshaun Watson, 40%. Ryan Tannehill, again, 40%. So he's in both of these categories which is going to make him a consistency king. Patrick Mahomes, 38%, and Dak Prescott, 38%. So who are the consistency kings at the quarterback position? The guys who were, you know, top five and most consistent, so they didn't lose you weeks, and the top five and the biggest boom amount. That's Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. So actually, this was a very, overall, the position is very consistent because you had you know, people that had really high floors also had the highest ceilings, except for, you know, the one person you're missing missing from each category is Josh Allen and the high floor guys. And who is it? Deshaun Watson and the high ceiling guys. So that's the quarterback position. Now we can move over to the running backs. And this is when it, things will start to get a little bit more interesting. You might see a couple surprises, not too much, but I have a huge surprise for you guys at the wide receiver position. So I'm, I'm hope you're, I hope you're ready for it. So top five most consistent running backs. Who are the guys that got you at least double-digit points every week or, you know, the highest percentage of weeks? Number one, no surprise, of course, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey got you 10 or more points in every week except for one, and that one week he didn't get it was versus Tampa Bay, my bucks, because we had the number one rushing defense in the league. And that was actually in the third week of the season when he still had Cam Newton. So even when he had Cam Newton, he only had seven points versus the Bucks. He had a huge workload too. He was above 20 touches and um, we just held him down. So, you know, for those that think the Bucks defense sucks, think about that. The Bucks defense is the only defense that held McCaffrey under double digit points. That's the first thing. Now we have Two more guys tied with McCaffrey. That might surprise you. And I think the third name would would definitely surprise you. Ezekiel Elliott was also only missing double digits one time. He was consistent 94% of the time, just like McCaffrey. And the third guy that was also at the 94% mark was Austin Eckler. Even when you take, you take the games where Melvin Gordon was gone and all the games Melvin Gordon was there, I took all of them, all of them together, and Leonard Fournette was just as consistent as Elliott and McCaffrey in giving you a good floor. That's super important. Eckler's somebody I love 
this year. And honestly, his floor is only better now with Melvin Gordon gone, right? Because he was way better without Melvin Gordon last year. So he's somebody I love. And then at fourth on this list at 93%, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette basically always got you double digits. He only missed one game in the double digit mark. Same thing with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was also 93%. So at the running back position, we didn't really have a big drop off in terms of the the high floor guys because there's, there's a lot of them. We got we have a decent amount of workhorse running backs this year in the league. So and last year. So you had Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. What does this mean? This means that if you draft guys like this, you are not going to be hurting. They're not going to hurt you, okay? And I will have to say, though, there's a caveat for Dalvin Cook. I obviously only took his healthy games because if you take all of his games, obviously his consistency would be horrible. So keep a lookout for that because anytime I say somebody that, that you know you know is somebody that misses games, it's basically, you know, me taking out the injury factor because if you project for injury, things get really messy and it's hard to compare players. So if you compare everyone on the field, Dalvin was also very consistent. Then we have our top five boom week running backs. Christian McCaffrey, and this is insane because remember, boom week is more than 20 points at the running back position. Christian McCaffrey got more than 20 points 88% of the time. Okay, he got more than 10%, 94% of the time. So that means almost every single week, except for two last year, and he played all 16, except for two weeks last year, he got 20 points or more. That is the most consistent running back you will ever see in fantasy football, bar none. And you know why? And you know how you can tell? Because McCaffrey sits at number one at 88%. The next best running back in terms of getting more than 20 points, Dalvin Cook, 50%. That's a 38% drop-off. That's almost half. Almost half. McCaffrey is tier one. Nobody can touch him. If you got the 101, you got to take McCaffrey because not only is he always going to get you double digits, but he almost gets you more than 20 points every week. Then you have, oh, and by the way, like I'm not trying to do too heavy um, analysis in terms of team changes and whatnot. This is more a consistency podcast. I'm focusing on the consistency, but McCaffrey, his his offense has gotten better. He added a deep threat in Robbie Anderson. He's got a better, more accurate quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. And they're still going to have to throw the ball a whole bunch. So he's still going to get a bunch of targets. Like, how was he not going to be, you know, close to ne- close to the levels that he saw last year? They didn't add a running back to take away carries. So he's still going to get a huge workload, if not the same workload, and a better offense. So I love McCaffrey by far. He's the only guy I'm taking at 101. I'm not even diversifying for the sake of diversifying. Then, like I said, at two, you have Dalvin Cook at 50%. So when he's healthy, he gives you more than 20 points half the time. Derrick Henry, 47%. Austin Eckler, boom. Is that surprising to you? I feel like that's surprising to some people. 44%. So everyone, I think, you know, most people can be like, yeah, it makes sense that Austin Eckler had a high floor. He, he got a lot of receptions. Here's the thing, though. He had one of the highest ceilings as well, and that was with Melvin Gordon there. He only played four games without Melvin Gordon. So in 12 games with Melvin Gordon and then the other four, he was getting more than 20 points almost half the time. That's insane. So Austin Eckler at my RB, what is it now? Uh, Nine? Yeah, because I have uh, Clyde moved up to eight for me. So Austin Eckler at RB9 for me, 
I don't think that's a, a reach at all. I think that's a pretty safe number. I could easily see him doing better than that because I don't even have him projected for a lot of carries. And I have him at less receptions than last year. I have him about 75% of last year's receiving work. So I think he's super safe. And he is my favorite second round pick, which speaking of me and my deep dive team, my two writers, Drew and Zach, we are collaborating. This is going to be our first collaboration article. We are collaborating on a article that I am calling favorite targets by round. And we are each, all three of us going to separately give you our favorite person to draft in each round and give you a nice little blurb on why it's not going to be too long because obviously you have three people giving comments on each round for 15 rounds. So we're not going to make it too long. It's still going to be a quick, you know, good digestible read, but you know, you're going to be able to see where our, you know, loyalties lie this year because all of us are going to be putting to the website. I was going to say to pen and paper, but I guess to uh, a website, however, that saying translates to electronics, but we are basically going to be stamping our names on players for this season, and there will be double-ups. Like, I already know that there are a few players that me and either Drew or Zach both have as our favorite to draft in that round, and that's basically somebody you can just, you can stamp deep dive right next to that person's name because that's somebody that more than one of us like the most in that round. So that's going to be a really cool article. I encourage you guys to check it out. It should be coming out within a week or so. And so to continue... With the top five boom week running backs, after Austin Eckler at 44%, we had Saquon Barkley at 42%. So who are the consistency kings at the running back position? Who are the guys that not only can you count on to never lose you a week because they're getting you double digits, 10 points or more, but also win you weeks by getting you 20 points or more? That's Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook, I mean kind of injuries. So not I don't really want to count Dalvin Cook because of, you know... He's consistent when he's on the field, but he's not consistently on the field. So that's the problem with Cook. So really, your consistency kings are only two at the running back position. It's Christian McCaffrey, and guess what? His situation got better. And Austin Eckler, guess what? His situation got better. So the two most consistent overall in any metric running backs from last year are in a better situation now. And that's why those are my favorite guys to draft. Now we can move to the wide receiver position, and this first one is going to blow you out the water, I promise. I want you to think in your head right now, let's play a game, all right? Who is the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL for fantasy purposes? What wide receiver gets you more than 10 points or 10 points or more the most often? I'm going to give you 5, 10 seconds. Think about it, and I am willing to bet nobody is going to get this right. Five more seconds. Four, three, two. Lock in your answers. Buzz. What is it? Tyreek freaking Hill. Tyreek Hill. Boom. I bet you didn't see that coming. I bet you didn't see that coming. Tyreek Hill. And I was, you know, I ran with the narrative. I was saying what everyone else was saying because I thought it was a given until I did my own research on consistency. Tyreek Hill got you 10 points or more every single game. He never, not once, got you a single-digit game. He's the only receiver at 100%. He's the only player at 100%. Lamar led quarterbacks in the 90s, and McCaffrey led running backs in the 90s. Tyreek Hill leads the receivers at 100 that's amazing. 
Now, granted, he does have some injury things, but he's nowhere near like a Dalvin Cook or anything like that. He misses like one to three games, maybe. Like if, you know, you gave him an average, like let's say we just extended his NFL career for like five more years, I would say he probably misses an average of three, four games a season. So it's really not a big deal. Dalvin Cooks is like seven, seven or eight or something ridiculous. Um, So that was the, the most consistent wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. Insane. Insanity. Michael Thomas was second, of course, 94%. Julio Jones, another name you'd expect, 87%. Chris Godwin and DJ Moore are four and five, tied at 86%. Now, I'm sure most of you guys, once you realize that I'm taking out injured games, you're like, oh yeah, Chris Godwin, yeah, that makes sense. He was great last year. But did you know DJ Moore was that good? I bet you didn't. DJ Moore got 10 points or more 86% of the time. And he is one of my favorite receivers to draft this year. So those are all the guys that have been super consistent. They never lose you weeks, right? And for me, when I go running back heavy, I love getting receivers with super high floors. This is the metric I look to, the serviceable metric, the baseline consistent metric, which is what we just talked about. Then we have our top five boom week wide receivers. Who got more than 20 points the most often? Michael Thomas at number one. 63% of the time, boom, big drop-off, 21% drop-off, down Devontae Adams at 42% of the time. So, Michael Thomas, just like Christian McCaffrey, has a significant gap in how many many times he gets you 20 points or more compared to the next best guy. So, Michael Thomas is well worth, you know, being the fifth overall pick. But not only that, I think this is part of the reason why he has, in my mind, a tear, a tear break, why he is so much better than the other receivers. See, I have Michael Thomas in his own tier. And not only is it because I have him projected for a significant amount more than any other receiver, but also because he gives you a hugely safe floor and he gives you a huge ceiling every week and he's consistent at hitting that ceiling. So Michael Thomas is great. Then Devontae Adams makes sense, 42%. He gets a lot of touchdowns. He's the only target for Aaron Rodgers. Tyreek Hill at 40%. So now we know already Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill are going to be consistency kings because they've hit both metrics. They're top five in both sides. So Tyreek Hill, this is something super interesting though. So he got you more than 20 points 40% of the time. He got you more than 10 points 100% of the time. The only person to do that. You know what's super weird? He never got between 15 and 20. So he was always in the 10 to 15 range. So 60% of the time, he was between 10 and 15 points. And the other 40%, he was above 20. So it's kind of weird because honestly, like when I was starting consistency, there's a lot of people like, like most people have like three, four games between 15 and 20, like in that, you know, the good threshold. Because remember, we talked earlier, more than 10 for receivers is serviceable more than 15 is good and more than 20 is boom Tyreek Hill didn't have any good weeks he only had boom weeks or serviceable weeks but that's still pretty good because he's a guy that's winning you weeks 40 percent of the time so that's great and he gives you a good floor surprisingly then you have Chris Godwin at 30 36 percent and Julio Jones at 33 percent and like six others but I'm not going to mention all of them because we're just trying to keep a top five. So I mentioned Julio Jones just because he was in the other category for you know highest floors. So he's also consistency king. So our consistency kings at the wide receiver position were Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. Those are guys you can always count 
on to give you a decent point total so they're never going to lose you a week, but also to win you weeks with high ceiling games. Then we have, lastly, our last position, tight ends. The top five most consistent tight ends. Number one, Travis Kelsey, 88%. George Kittle comes in at number two, no surprise, 79%. So there's a, a decent gap, 10, 10%. So Travis Kelsey is a little bit more consistent than Kittle. Then Austin Hooper. And honestly, when it comes to Kelsey and Kittle and redraft, in Dynasty, I'm taking Kittle because of uh, youth. And in um, redraft, it's neck and neck. So you're looking for tiebreakers. Your tiebreaker for them could be consistency. Maybe you want your tiebreaker to be potential, but I think they have similar potential. If you want it to be risk, I think they have similar risk. So honestly, this is the tiebreaker for me. It's consistency. And that's why I take Kelsey because Kelsey gets you you know, double-digit points, 10% more often than Kittle does. And we'll get to the other part later too, but Kelsey has an advantage on Kittle there as well. So then Kittle's at 79%. And then third, we have Austin Hooper at 77%. But here's the thing. He's in a completely different situation now. He went from the team that passed the most passes in the NFL, and he was the third or second option, depending on how you look at it, between him, Julio, and Calvin Ridley, to now he's in Cleveland. He's at best the third option, okay? There's no way he's going to be the second option in front of Jarvis or Odell. So he's at best the third option, but they're going to run the ball so much, they're going to probably be in the bottom half in terms of league pass attempts. So he's going from one of the most explosive, highest volume pass offenses to one of the lowest pass volume offenses. That's really going to hurt him. Not only that, but they also have David and Joku and... Um, I also will say Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry took a higher target share together than Julio and Ridley did. And so he's also, and he also competes with running backs too. The Falcons don't pass to the running back as much as the Browns are going to pass to the running back this year because they have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb's a pretty good receiver as well. And uh, Stefanski likes to pass to the running back. You saw it with Dalvin Cook. So Austin Hooper, he was on the list last year. Definitely not going to be on the list this year. Evan Ingram comes in at fourth at 75%, but just like Dalvin Cook, he's a guy who's always hurt. So should he be on the list? Eh, I would argue no, because you can't count on him to consistently be healthy. But when he's on the field, he's good. Zach Ertz is fifth tied with Hunter Henry. So those are basically tied for fifth. But if you take out Evan Ingram because of the injury, they're four and five at 67%. They were very consistent. But Hunter Henry, just like Evan Ingram, you can also look at the injuries. So honestly, the four guys in this category for me are Kelsey, Kittle, Hooper, and Zach Ertz. And Hooper's dropping out. So really, you just have your elite three from last year. Now, what about the guys that got you 20 points per week, a good often, or a good amount of the time, sorry. Travis Kelsey got you more than 20 points, 31% of the time. So where's Kittle at? That's important, right? Because we're looking for the tiebreaker. Kittle's not even on the list for top five. Boom. There's your tiebreaker. Take Kelsey in front of Kittle. That's the takeaway. Because Kelsey got you, you know, 20 points or more, 31%. Kittle wasn't even in 23%. He was at 21%. At second, we had Mark Andrews, 27%. Tyler Higby, 25% at third. And that's you know, considering his whole season, I didn't just take his sample size when he was good. I did his whole season. So that could be, honestly, he might lead the, he might lead the league in this metric next year. He might lead tight ends in, you know, boom weeks. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Then Evan Ingram, 25% and Austin Hooper, 23%. So who are our consistency Kings? Well, George Kittle is not one. 
So that's already like, whoa, what? Because all the top guys in the tiers from the other positions were consistency kings. That's not the case for, for tight ends. Travis Kelsey is, Evan Ingram is, but he has the injury problems. Austin Hooper is, but he has a huge step down in situation. So what does that mean? Really, the only guy that we have left is Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey is by far the guy I'm taking in redraft. Well, I, I guess I can't say by far. If you look at consistency only, it's by far, but that's the tiebreaker for me. So I'm taking Kelsey first. And so what were some takeaways from the consistency? One, Lamar Jackson gave you boom weeks. He won you weeks significantly more than any other quarterback. Christian McCaffrey won you weeks significantly more than any other running back. Tyreek Hill has the highest floor or had the best, you know, serviceable week count in the NFL last year and it's probably going to be similar to that it's probably going to continue like that and Michael Thomas gave you the most boom weeks among all the receivers he won you the most weeks significantly more than the next best receiver so it makes sense that I have Michael Thomas in his own tier and Christian McCaffrey in his own tier Lamar Jackson I almost had in his own tier but I can't put him like in his own tier with Mahomes away from Mahomes because then what would my tiers look like it would be tier one Lamar Jackson tier two Patrick Mahomes, Tier 3, the other guys. And that's kind of obnoxious, so I'm just keeping Mahomes and Lamar together. Also because, you know, if you switch it to 6-point, they're closer, and they would definitely be in the same tier in that format. So I'm just keeping them in the same tier to make it easier on everybody. And then, yeah, that's basically it. I'm, you know, I, this is my first time doing consistency, so I'm not sure how you guys are going to receive it. I think it's super helpful. It's in the free draft sheets. Go check out the free draft sheets. I have, you know, my serviceable good and boom sections for every position on there. You can see the percentages. It's a good tiebreaker, like I said. And um, yeah, if you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Because I am like finally in this like group where I'm continuously pumping out podcast episodes. And I'm finally like, you know, being like somebody that you can rely on to always give you episodes because honestly I put out like two episodes in 20, 2019 and then that was it like and I, I put those episodes out like before the draft in like February of 2019 and then I didn't have anything going for the season or whatnot I had a lot going on in school also I was trying to focus more on articles but now I have people writing for me Zach and Drew who are amazing and um yeah, so I'm finally consistent with the the podcast. I'm going to be doing that through the season. So I want to find out what you guys like the most. So if you like this or don't like this, either way, let me know. Also, if you've listened to this point, you clearly like the podcast. So hook your boy up, drop a review, takes you like one minute. And um, also drop a rating, that takes like five seconds. So, you know, that stuff, is it, it doesn't take much from you, but it helps me out a lot. So if you want to take... A little bit of time out out your day to help me out. I'd appreciate it. Tell a friend about the podcast. Help them, help them win their leagues as well. And look, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, aside from like the highlights of the consistency I just gave you, don't forget about the Thrifty Thursday trick. Okay? Go check right now. Like pause the podcast unless you're driving. Keep driving. Pay attention. Um, because I usually listen when I'm driving. So if you're driving, don't pull out your phone. But if you're not driving, pause the podcast. Go look at your settings in all of your leagues. If you can drop players after they've played, drop your kicker and defense right now and go pick up 
any backups for Houston or Kansas City. They play week one. And this is not just a week one thing. This is a, a weekly thing. You do this every week. And I'm going to always remind you guys on my third Thursday podcast, it'll drop, you know, Thursday morning, like 5 a.m., just like all my podcasts do, 5 a.m. for Eastern at least. I don't know what time it is for wherever you're listening. But make sure you do that because it's really going to help you. It saved me so much fab so many times. And you just get to, you know, use that fab in other places. And yeah, so that's the plan. Do the Thrifty Thursday trick. And if you need a a good tiebreaker, look to consistency. Slam running back at the top. Grab your consistent wide receivers with the high floors, the high serviceable weeks. And uh, win your leagues. It's pretty simple. So obviously luck comes into play. Luck is like one third of fantasy football. But if you nail your draft and you keep listening to the podcast through the season and you nail your waivers and your, you know, uh, sell highs and buy lows and trades and all that stuff. If you play those two parts of the three part game, that is fantasy football, where it comes to the draft being one third in season management being one third and luck being the other third. Look, if you can get 66% of the way there, hopefully luck is in your favor. So that's it for today. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna go drink some milk and head to bed. Peace out, guys. Have a good one. Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor. I'm out.